0: You are now listening to the Life in Football podcast. Check out the new website, lifeinfootball.com. Once again, the website is lifeinfootball.com. Thanks for listening. This
1: is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's Life in Football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. get
0: on track yeah that's life and football it's life and football we are life and football welcome to the life and football podcast baby i'm your host mike feet
2: and this is cole's cole and more you know we loving life and enjoying football
0: Top-notch coaches all around the world. Top-top-notch coaches all around the world. Today, we got Coach Doug Chapman on. And he's a top-notch coach who's doing a great job right now for the Thunder and Herd, baby. Marshall. And he's the senior An- An- analyst and director of player development. Now, he's a player, former player for the Herd as well, y'all. And now he's a coach back at his you know what well he did? Did his thing, and he was a top-notch bowler, man. I'm talking about he was out there running that ball and doing some of everything when he was a player. Now he's leading guys at the university to greatness, man. And it's so amazing to have a not just a coach and a former player but a champion on as well. He was a champion for the Thundering Herd. They won the D1AA championship, went undefeated. And that's something I always envy when I hear people say that, because I always wanted to be a part of an undefeated team. It's just something about it. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let c bring him on.
3: How you doing, Coach? Hey, man, I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on,
2: man, I love the energy, man, and thanks for the introduction, brother. (laughs) Hey, he ain't good at that. But, hey, it's it's easy introducing a baller like yourself, though. Now, Coach, I want to just get right to it. With you balling like you did at Marshall, balling that hard, you already knew you was going pro. Now, while you was in the league, did did you ever anticipate, like, what you was going to do after football, or did you start finding your way as you was going, like, when did you know, like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life and this direction I want to go with it after football?
3: Honestly, you know, I, I feel blessed, you know, to be where I am now. And then when I look back and I rewind as to how I got here, I, I could tell you when I was 17, 18, 19, you know, of course I wanted to do something and I wanted to go to the NFL. But then if you'd have asked me, say, okay, so what do you want to do when your career is over with? I probably wouldn't have had an answer, but I would have said, I want to do something with football either uh collegiately or professionally. And so, you know, I always knew I had a passion to always be near the game uh in some capacity. I'm just fortunate that, you know, fast-forwarding to where we are now in 2021, almost 2022, that the 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 capacity that I'm in is this, but I I've always uh I've loved the sport since I was a kid and I've always wanted to be close to it since I could remember. My family will tell you and I was a little kid running around the house, five or six, telling people I was going to the NFL. And so I've always loved the game. And just like I said, I'm just blessed, man, to be able to be in the position that I am now, to still be close to it and uh, be in the role that I am
2: now. Now, Coach, with you being at Marshall, and you a living, walking legend at that school. Like, you you could really probably go to the school and president and say, hey, I need this. And they're going to do everything <laughs> they can to get it for you because you pretty much the man there, like, do the players realize that and come talk to you and get all the knowledge? Because I would be in your office every day asking you how in the world you did. I want to do what you did or do better.
3: You know, I, I got a great group of kids, man. We got, I, I, I have a hundred sons, man, hundred plus sons. That's is where I look at them. I love all those kids. And, you know, when I came in the door day one, I let them know. I said, you know, I, I don't want you to look at me and, you know, ask me, you know, how many shoes I have or how much money I had or who did I date when I was single or who I don't I said, don't ask me those type of questions. I said, I want you guys to come ask me the questions, the the real questions about the around this game. I said, because the football stuff and the flashy stuff is easy. And so it's I, I thought it was really uh unique the way I, I was able to bond with the guys, because at the end of the day, and you guys know how it is. You know, young kids and, and are very impressionable. And when you can tell them, I'm from where you're from, I'm going through exactly what you're going through and I've been where you're trying to get to, it brings some reality to them and they can see themselves, you know, they can see themselves in you because they're like, man, okay, if he was sitting in this exact chair at one point and going through and going on the same field that I'm on, you know, I can get to where he's going. So it makes their dreams uh, more of a reality. And like I said, they they they, they took me in like the, like a big brother. You know, a lot of them weren't even born when I played there and so uh you know that's been funny sometimes we have those conversations and you know this generation of kids they, they have so much uh, access to social media they can find out your whole story in five minutes and so you know they they they're all my little brothers they're all like my sons man I love them all and and you know they've come to me with football questions with with family questions with relationship questions you know financial questions they, they've asked me everything man and I'm just blessed to be a resource
0: for these guys. Now coach, I want to know how was it for you growing up in Chesterville, Virginia and who helped you to become the person that you are today? You know man, I I was I was blessed
3: man um, when I had two great parents man, they are my best friends on earth and my mother, I'm not ashamed to admit I'm my mother's boy, I'm my mama's boy, you know, you know, that's that's my girl, that's my number one. And my father, you know, was very very influential in my life as well. My father and my uncles, they all played football growing up. And so I looked up to all of them, and and those were my first role models. And then, you know, we were able, you know, uh, we, we, I grew up in Southside, Richmond. ended up finishing high school in Chesterfield County. And I can still remember um, my parents signed me up at a YMCA because I wanted to start lifting weights, and I was in seventh grade. You know, it was one summer, uh, me and my homeboy. You know, we wanted to start, we wanted to get bigger and faster, stronger. And so we go to the gym. And, you know, I didn't really know my way around a weight room and probably was too young to even be in there. And there was a guy in there who was happening at the time. He was a fullback uh, at University of North Carolina. His name was William Henderson. And he was from my hometown. We called him Boogie. And so we're in the gym. And this dude was, you know, compared to us, he was massive back then. I mean, this dude looked like Hulk Hogan, like 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 Hercules to us back then. And so I know I just looked at him and said, man, I want to be like you. I want to go play Division One football. I want to be on TV. You know, I want to I be – I'm trying to be like you. And so I just kind of got in his back pocket and just really just emulated and did everything that he did and to show you how the world works in a crazy way he played about 12 years for the Green Bay Packers and uh I played for the Vikings in the NFL and so when I caught up to him and got to the NFL we were playing against each other and he was playing uh for my for the rival team so that's how crazy life is man but Boogie Henderson was a was a really big influence on me he was like a big brother to me I still talk to him to this day um him and but like I said my parents they set the foundation man I'm just blessed that, you know they were able to do what they had to do and, and stay together and, and give me the opportunities they did man and um you know they were they definitely play a huge role in everything I've done up to this point
0: coach you was blessed with a great family but you was also great, blessed with a great opportunity at Marshall University to have such an amazing career 50 to 4 50 wins to 4 losses in college and now you inducted to the Hall of Fame in as a Marsha um Thunder and heard, you know, in football. And I just wanna hear that journey. Like how did you end up choosing Marshall? Like was it other schools and also what it was like, you know, having that good winning streak and winning the national championship there as well.
3: You know, I, I tell these kids, man, you know we didn't have social media when I was growing up. There weren't there weren't smartphones, there was no Twitter. You know, so you, you had to get recruited the hard way. You know, you you had to coaches had to physically come actually see you or you had to mail a VHS tape to them and so growing up in Virginia at the time you know you wanted to go to either UVA or Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech was interested in me but they were interested in me on the defensive side of the ball and I always knew you know I wanted to go to college on a scholarship but I wanted to play running back and I wanted that opportunity and so uh, my senior year uh, recruiter uh, the defensive coordinator at Marshall by the name of Mickey Matthews uh, he came by the school and he had actually what they were recruiting our defensive tackle. And so I played both ways. And while they're, while they were recruiting him, they they asked my coach, they said, who is this guy number nine on defense? And the coaches happened to say, you know, he's like a Rover, but he's actually our starting running backs. He said, can I see some offense film on him? And he said, he watched about eight or nine plays and he said, I got it. He said, can you get the kid down here? And so they get me down into the office, man. And um, uh, they, they, they told me they wanted, you know, he, he, basically said, I want you to bring you up on a visit. I want to show you, Marshall. Have you been to West Virginia? I said, I've never been. And so uh, I went home it's to show you how, like I said, how life is crazy. That, that weekend, my father and I were watching, flipping through the channels on ESPN, and it was the uh, FCS playoffs were on. And the cornerback for Marshall, Melvin Cunningham, ran a 100-yard interception return. And they showed the stadium, and all the snow piled up everywhere, and the fans were going crazy. And Marshall was advancing to the national championship game that year. And I, and I was like, man, I want, I'm i looking forward to going on my visit up there. And so I get up to uh, Marshall, and on my visit was a guy named Chad Pennington. And so Chad and I, we get to meet each other in high school and a couple other guys that ended up also going to the NFL as well. It was about 11 of us on that visit, and nine of us signed. And so, uh, you know, we get here, we get to Marshall, and at the time, Jim Donnan was the head coach. He left to go to Georgia. And so also we're in limbo. And deciding are we going to transfer? We're going to stay. And uh, Bob Pruitt comes from the University of Florida, and uh, takes over the program, man. And then Randy Moss transfers in, and the rest is history, man. We had uh, that was our last year actually at the FCS level. We ran the table went fifteen and zero blew everybody out, won the national championship, and uh, you know that was my freshman year. And so it was just. Uh, you know I, I Marshall was already a powerhouse at the FCS level when I got here and so we had a great nucleus of seniors that really passed the torch to myself and uh you know Rogers Beckett and John Grace and Gerardy Mercer and uh Chad Pennington and, and and of course Randy Moss and we just you know, took it and ran with it after that man and just really had a blessed run I was blessed to have fantastic coaches man and and fantastic teammates that I see today as brothers. We, you know, When I talk to them on the phone, I'm like, man, I love you, brother. And they're like, love you too, man, when we end our phone calls. So it was a blessing for me to be chosen by Marshall. I was fortunate. Um, and it was a, a blessing for me to be able to
2: play with the guys that I did and for us to have the type of successful run that we had here. Well, Coach, I know everybody at Marshall glad to have you back and have all that knowledge and information you giving given everybody. Now, how is it working – with coach huff like he came from you know that last thought was alabama so that's a lot of golden information he bringing plus you know you there and everybody else that's part of the staff like how is it working with him
3: man coach huff is one of the most grounded people i've ever met in my entire life man and one thing i really appreciate about him is that when he came to marshall from alabama you know, he really bought into Marshall's story. You know, he understood about the plane crash from 1970. Um, you know, he understood how the community was really rocked by that. He understood us having to rebuild the program. And then he also understood about the golden years, the years that I was here and the years of Chad Pennington and Byron Lefkowitz and everybody was here. He understood and he really respected what the, the history and tradition here in Huntington. And he really bought in and got involved in the community. And so I respected him is that, you know, You sometimes you'll get a coach that comes from a program like in Alabama and, and comes to a, a group of five school like a Marshall and, you know, may seem like they're, they're better than the program. He's never done that. And he really, uh, you know, got knee deep into what we were all about in our culture here. So, you know, I really appreciate him. And plus, you know, knowing his story, he's a guy from Maryland, you know, I'm from Virginia. So uh, our, our areas where we grew up are not very different. Uh, he also went to Hampton University, he played with a um, football with a bunch of guys that I knew that I grew up with in Richmond, so we had familiarity there. And just, uh, you know, he was just a very personable guy when I first met him. And then, when you sit down and start uh, drawing up the X's and O's with him, man, and, and and especially on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, the brother knows his stuff, man. He is brilliant on the board. Um, you know, he can he can dial them up, man. And he wanted to put together an offense. He said, you know, my my vision for Marshall's offense is to bring back that high-powered offense that you played on. He said, I want teams to fear that offense when we take the field. And he said, and I want a defense that gets after it. You know, if you look at it, that's why our offense is one of the top ten in the nation. You know, we're tied for first in the nation in quarterback sacks. You know, he has an aggressive play-calling style, an aggressive style of play. And, yeah, he was at Alabama, and he was, you know, at, also at Penn State. But, you know, he's also coached in the MAC. He coached at Tennessee State. He played at Hampton. So he's not one of these guys that walks in the door with a big head and thinks, hey, man, I've been at these schools, so people should treat me a certain way. He's very humble, and um, he's a great guy to work for. I don't mind spending 12, 14 hours a day, you know, uh, in meetings and at practice because it doesn't feel like you're working for a guy like him.
0: Now, Coach, this is my last question. That was some great information, too. You know, you know he played at a HBCU. Now he's the head coach you know, at a big-time university, and he sounds like he's doing a great job. And from what we see, he's doing a great job as well. Now, my last question, is there any inspiration information that you can provide to the younger men out here who really want to be successful, not just in football, but the game of life?
3: Man, what I I would tell them, man, is, is don't be afraid to stick out. You know, don't be afraid to shine. You know, don't be embarrassed to ask the question, and don't be embarrassed, man, to to really, uh, you know, chase greatness. You know, if you're people to follow me on Twitter, I put a, um, a little hashtag after a lot of things that I put out. Because I like to tell my players every day that you have to wake up running and every day you have to aggressively pursue greatness daily. A lot of people, you'll talk to them and they'll say that, you know, I'm trying to be great. I'm chasing greatness. I'm like, no, no, no. You can't just try and you can't chase, you have to aggressively pursue. It's like how in football, if you wanna make a play, you can't just, oh, I'ma try to get out there and make that play, I'ma No, you have to be aggressive in your pursuit of making a play. You have to chase greatness the same way you do a ball carrier, or the way you track a ball in the air, or the same way you hit the hole when you're running the ball. And I try to get my kids to understand that chasing greatness and pursuing greatness aggressively doesn't just stop when you're on a football field. And if you know you got a test on Friday, aggressively study for it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So Friday comes, the test is easy. Always try to get out in front of things and try new things. That's, that's one thing that I know that helped me. And I, I spent five years in the NFL. My career was cut short by, by a career ending in back injury. And I never had done broadcasting before. Didn't think I could do it. Somebody gave me the opportunity and I wasn't scared to try it. I turned it into a 10-year broadcasting career after football. And it really opened up a lot of doors for me. And, and I really feel like a lot of what I learned um, doing that got me to where I am now. And so I just try to tell our kids, man, I, I I'm on my kids every day about thinking outside the box, be more than just athletes, never let anybody, uh, stereotype you or put you in a box and don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone, man. And whatever you do, you know, don't just tell me you are trying to be great. They know better than tell me they're trying to be great. They always tell me I'm aggressively pursuing greatness daily. Like I'm, I'm running it down like it owes me money. And that's the way you got to wake up and, and attack life every single day. Because if you don't attack life, man, I tell these young brothers, if you don't attack life, life will attack you. And I said, you got to get out in front of it. Make sure you are the one on the on the offense at all times. And I said, man, I said, and, if, and there's no dream too big. I was a six-year-old kid in Southside, Richmond, Virginia, telling people I was going to the NFL. And everybody's brother laughed and told me that I need to focus on a more realistic dream. But i made it so no dream is too big if you are aggressively pursuing it man and i i'm on them every day these my kids will tell you i'm on them every day man chin up head up you know what i'm saying shoulders shoulders square and attack the day and don't let the day beat you up so that's it that's the advice i give my boys every day
0: hey now that was some great information i'm telling y'all man the thunder and her is a program y'all need to check out now now, he's putting down some great information. This is one of the greats, a legend, and he's doing his thing. Now, I got to tell y'all, man, Coach Doug Chapman he <laughs> is a coach I would want to be talking to on a daily basis. And then the head coach, he out there handling business, doing his thing. And I also got to give a shout-out to Coach Dominique Bowman, oh yeah, the corner, cornerback coach, because he my came dog. on the park. Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. That's my dog. He came on the podcast as well and laid some great information about his journey. And this is a program I'm telling y'all, man, from the looks of it and the sound of it, I would love to be a part of. They got a beautiful stadium, fly uniform, top-notch weight room, what else you want, baby, and a fan base (laughs) that's going to be down for you. But I'm going to leave y'all how I always leave y'all. Keep your head up. And not down, I ask you a fall to the ground. This is the life and football podcast. Catch you next time.
1: This is a new state to try to get right This is a new state to get on track yeah that's life in football This is a new day to live your life This is a new state to try to get right This is a new state to get on track yeah that's life in Football It's life in Football We are life in football